At the beginning of his gospel, John unfolds the mystery of the incarnation. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is God's word. Thus ends the reading of the story. Last month I read of a man in his late 70s who called his adult son and said, your mother and I are getting a divorce. The son was stunned. What? What are you talking about, Dad? And the father replied, yes, after 45 years we've decided we just can't take it any longer. So we're ending this. I just wanted you to know, and I'm going to talk to your sister. The son said, no, I'm calling her. Don't do anything. I'll get back in touch. So the son called his sister and told told her what was happening, and the sister went nuts. She got on the phone with her dad and said, Dad, don't do anything until we get there. So when she hung up, the father looked at his wife and said, well, both kids will be here for Thanksgiving. (laughs) They're even paying their own way. Now it's your job to get them here for Christmas. <laughs> that has nothing to do with anything else. It's just so I could get the robe off. And, you know, so, you know, one of the themes of Advent and Christmas is love. It's it's central, and you find that woven throughout so much of the message of what we celebrate this season. Uh, some kids were asked the question, "What is love?" And they sampled about 100 kids. And let me just read five of their answers to you. Love from a kid's point of view. What's love? One little girl said, When my grandmother got arthritis, she couldn't bend over and paint her toenails anymore. So my grandfather does it for her all the time, even though his hands have arthritis too. That's love. What's love? When you love someone... The way you say, the way they say your name is different. You know that your name is safe in their mouth, wrote one little boy. I've never heard this next one, but I can appreciate it. Love is when mommy sees daddy smelly and sweaty and says he still is handsomer than Brad Pitt. (laughs) Some of us just are disadvantaged. (laughs) So, uh... One little girl said, love is when your puppy licks your face even as after you've left him home alone all day. And one other little child said, love is what's in the room with you at Christmas 
if you'll just stop opening presents and listen. Love is one of the major themes of Advent and Christmas. And the love of God is sadly not often fully appreciated. And I think this is often because while people know the Christmas story in different ways, most of you, some of the passages I read tonight, those would have been very familiar to you, even, even if you don't go to church regularly. But sometimes people don't know how they fit in to the bigger story of the Bible. Because you see, that's what the Bible largely is. When we talk about the Bible, a lot of times people think, well, the Bible is just this big bunch of rules given to us. And, and, you know, and while the Bible does have some rules in it, God gives us those things because He's telling us how life works best. He, he's, he's keeping us from bringing harm to ourselves in different ways. And so while it has rules, that's, that's not the main purpose of the Bible. Some other people will say, well, you know, the Bible is really a list of stories given to us of a bunch of heroes, men and women, that are held up before us so that we can emulate them, copy them. And that's nice until you start reading those stories and you realize, you know, all these great heroes of the Bible, they're really messed up people. I mean, really messed up. Some of the biggest of the heroes did some of the worst of things. And so the Bible isn't this book of heroes saying, hey, go be like so-and-so, because really there's one hero in the whole biblical narrative, Older Testament, Newer Testament. It's the one we celebrate tonight, Jesus. You see, the story of the Bible is very simply put, where we started in Genesis, God made the world and us so that we could live in perfect union with Him. Here's the problem. We screwed it all up. We messed it up. That was, that was why they got kicked out of the garden and why there was the curse on the snake and all, the curse on the land and all that stuff. So God made it perfect. We messed it all up. And now the story of the Bible is that how Jesus is going to fix it all. You see, He's the one and only hero in the grand story of the Bible. And we didn't finish the story tonight because you realize where we stopped was at Jesus' birth, which we call Advent a time where we look back at Jesus' birth, but we also look forward because the story continues telling us that the one we celebrate tonight who came so many years ago is coming again in the future. And where you are with Him tonight and in your days ahead makes all the difference for you. So here's how I want to frame what I think is one of the best ways to think about Christmas this year and almost any year, is that what we celebrate tonight isn't just the baby lying in the manger. What we, what we celebrate in the coming of Jesus Christ is the coming of our hero, the one who's going to fix all the mess, the one who's going to rescue us from all the stuff that we screwed up and write a story that we can be woven into. You see, the, the beautiful thing about the Bible story is it's not a fairy tale. You never hear, you know, long ago in a land far away or once upon a time, the Bible story, as so many scholars and people have written about, is a true story. 
It's an authoritative story, and it's something that we must consider because the baby who came tonight, what do we celebrate? We celebrate the movement of God's love for you and for me. I think that's the simplest way to celebrate what we do tonight and tomorrow as we celebrate Christmas Day. I want you to know this if you've never heard this before. God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. And one of the best-known Bible verses comes right after that last part of the story we read in John 1. You've probably heard John 3.16. Some of you can quote it with me. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. God so loved the world. And that, the word world there isn't talking about the created order of trees and rocks. He does love that. But that word world is technically mankind, young and old, men and women who are fallen creatures who need rescue. God so loved those who were helpless and enemies of His that He gave His only Son So what we celebrate tonight is God loving you and me so much that He wasn't willing to leave us where we were, but to send our rescuer. That's the love of God for us. You see, you heard it in a lot of the songs these guys were singing and playing, that the coming of Jesus, you know, if you stop at the manger and the little Jesus child, it's sweet and sentimental. But that's not the end of the story. Because as it continues, Christ came purposefully to go to the cross. Meaning that He came purposefully to lay down His life. Where He lived a perfect life, and on that cross, He wasn't just a good example. He literally, for those who trust in Him, those who believe in Him, as John 3 says, all of your sin is laid on Him. And all of His righteousness is given to you so that you can be made part of God's family. That's what we celebrate tonight. Is this God who is so amazing that He loves you and me enough to do that. You know, we give gifts at Christmas not just because of the wise men, but because our God is a gift-giving God. And the greatest gift is what we celebrate, His love in Jesus Christ. And so here's what I want you to know. Because I... I know that Christmas is a joyful time for many, and for some of you, it's like, I just got to get through this. And, and, you know, we can all share stories about dysfunctional families and hardship. And and some people, I know, some of my friends here tonight, this is your first Christmas without a loved one, so it's a hard time. Some of you, Christmas brings up bad memories. And some of you tonight, it's a hard time because life has just not been going well for you. Here's the good news. God loves you. He loves you. It doesn't matter whether you're proud and obnoxious or humble and lowly. He loves you. It doesn't matter whether you're man, woman, child, young or old. He loves you. It doesn't matter whether your life has been a series of successes or you would say, my life has been one failure after another after another, and I feel like my whole life is a big screw-up. God loves you. 
God loves those who know they can't do anything themselves. And God loves those who are kind of full of themselves. God loves all people groups. He loves every race. He loves you. So tonight and tomorrow, as you celebrate this season, remember, what you celebrate is the greatest movement of God acting for you in sending His Son so that you could be adopted into His family. And here's the good news. Maybe you're in one of those categories I described of your life just feels like a series of mess-ups. Your story is not over. Because you see, the most wonderful thing about when you believe in Jesus Christ is He starts rewriting your story where yours is written into His. What do you have to do? Believe. That word believe is an action word. And and this is kind of a goofy illustration, but uh, for tonight it's all I've got. So, this has only happened to me once, but it happened to Doug and I. It was sometime in the last year or two. I don't even remember. Last year. Where we're in a restaurant, and the waitress brought us our check, put it on the table, said, here you go. And then she comes back, and she takes the check off the table. And we're like, okay. (laughs) And then she comes back and says, here. She put it back on the table and says, your meal has been paid for in full. And you know, that never happened to me before. It's actually, I felt quite awkward because I wanted to pay for the meal. You know, I, I'm looking around and Doug's looking around. Who do we know in here? We can't find out who it is. And, and so we had to just believe that this waitress is telling us the truth, that somebody literally did pay our meal, and this isn't a big joke on us. And so what, here's what we had to do. We had to believe what she said, and we had to act on it. And here's how we acted on it. You see, I could have insisted trying to pay for it myself, and that would have been silly. Or we could do what we did, which was kind of sheepishly, well, I guess we'll get up and go. And we did. We got up and we walked out. You see, Christmas is a time where you and I have a great debt, our sin, and we want to pay for it ourselves. The sad part about that thing is we can't, but Jesus did. For God so loved you, He gave His only Son. So if you believe in Him, you would not perish. Tonight, my hope and my prayer is that if you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you would consider that. You can talk to me or one of the other pastors or somebody else on the stage here afterwards. We're glad to tell you about the hope found in Jesus Christ because this Christmas, no matter your circumstances, you can experience these words that are up here, peace, joy, love, and hope because God loves you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Tonight, this whole season is all about you. We thank You that You have done for us what we could never do for ourselves. And Lord, that's a humbling thing. We thank You for the story, the beautiful story of the Bible. It's a story filled with Your love, Lord. May we celebrate this night and tomorrow well. Because Jesus, You are so worthy of it. We pray that everyone here might experience Your love, Lord very tangibly, 
May they know in the deepest part of their being that they are known by you and they are loved by you. And all they have to do is trust in you, Jesus, for their lives to be changed. We praise you and we thank you and we pray this in your holy name. Amen.